intense, thrilling, electrifying sport on the planet. Mixed Martial Arts. You've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it. The search is over. This is the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin. A.K.A. MMA Anomaly and Emiliano, A.K.A. Jive Turkey Nano. What is up, fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter, as you heard in the opening, the new opening, the first rollout of the new opening here. Your host, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly. Next to me, as always, the co-host with the most, Jive Turkey Nano. How we doing, brother? Doing great on this Feel Good Friday. We got the new intro. We got a pay-per-view. Man, I am excited as all hell. A lot of excitement for this. A lot of buzz. A lot of juice, man. These Aussies are bringing the heat. I love it. Woo! And you know what that means. It's time to make some money, folks. Let's go. Dollar bills. Woo! We getting fancy Uh, up in here. I'm super excited about it, guys. UFC 293 is a card that, you know, as usual, there are some casual fans talking a lot of shit about. But um, sorry, casuals, this might not be the show for you. Um, I'm just kidding. Everybody's welcome here. But still, if you are a casual and you are on that train for whatever reason where you don't think that this might be a great card to tune into, you already know the MMA Anomaly Show No Filter. We are here to tell you in the most unfiltered way just why you're wrong and why it will be a show worth tuning into. Um, we are going to start at the very bottom of this card. We got some early prelims here. Um, obviously, the elephant in the room, the early prelim that got canceled, Vivian Arroyo against Casey O'Neill. That one would have been a nasty good fight to open the show. Um, I, I, for one, definitely would have been very excited about that. But, you know, we got some hometown magic on the card here to start off the early prelims and Shane Young um, coming in against a very game Gabriel Miranda. This guy is an absolute stud. Um Somebody that definitely always tries to put on a show. Dude's nickname is Fly. I mean, if you're going to make your nickname Fly, one word, Fly, you better be pretty damn Fly, folks. Uh, So that being said, Gabriel Miranda, Gabriel Fly Miranda is coming in against a crazy looking young man named Shane Young. You know he's wanting to put on a show against Sugar Shane Young, but can he do it? Um, The thing is, I think he can. I think Shane Young is one of those guys that is getting underestimated in his UFC, uh, or, or rather overestimated in his UFC tenure based on who he trains with. He trains with a lot of those guys, those studs at a city kickboxing, but I gotta be honest with you here, folks. I gotta be honest. I think the bet to take is Gabriel Fly Miranda. It's also hard to bet against that damn mustache. Not sure if you saw it, Nano, but what'd you think? Phenomenal mustache. Phenomenal mustache. Absolutely. I was jealous. I was growing the stash out for a few weeks in preparation for the draft and the upcoming football season here. As you can see, it is gone. But man, that motivated me to grow it back out. That thing looked beautiful. Love to see it show up. Hated to see it go. Looked like a 1940s boxer. Why I order? And shout out Tico Tech LLC, up, or aka the guy I can only count to nine from the chat, Matt. 
That Bam Bam shirt, though. You love to see it, baby. You fucking love to see it. Nothing but um, shoeies around here. Oh, you already know. If 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 Ty wins, Brother. we are both going to end up doing a shoey, uh, possibly live on the next live stream. No shoe is safe. No shoe is no safe. Shoe I'm is more safe. than happy to. More than hide happy to. Hide your wives, hide your kids, and hide your shoes. <laughs> it's a tie to it. Vasa five week, folks. <laughs> let's go. Um, let's go, baby. Uh, thanks, Black Hato. We appreciate you at least giving us one eye of your attention during the JDS and we're doing main event right now. Ooh. Keep us posted on that. Let us know how it goes. I'm planning on watching it after this. Uh, again, Sugar Shane Young coming in against Gabriel Fly Miranda. Not a ton to say against uh, about these guys. Again, you got Brazil coming in against Auckland, New Zealand. I'm leaning towards Brazil in this one. I like it, brother. And yeah, just to add my two cents, uh, you hit the nail on the head. Shane Young, he is a local kid. He is talented as all hell, but he is getting a bit overestimated, in my opinion. He is coming off three losses in a row, though you don't, although I will say a hungry dog, you know, can uh, dig deep, right? So he is starving right now. I, I want to acknowledge that. But man, the odds, uh, it is a toss up. It's close. But man, Gabriel, man, if you're getting plus odds on this guy, he is sweet with it, man. He's got really great technique. He, his only loss uh, as of recent here in the UFC was to a Benoit Saint-Denis, who just looked absolutely like a powerhouse last week um, on that Fran- French card, Francois. Um, but again, this guy, what really impresses me with Gabriel is his fit out of his 16 wins, he has 15 submission wins. You want to talk about a special? Sheesh. This guy gets the job done, man. He's like an anaconda in there. He's going to get you on the ground. He's slippery. And unfortunately, I think that's what's going to happen here to Shane Young. He's going to rip an arm up and rip a rip a uh, neck choke. He's just a rip him apart, man. I'm going with the fly guy and that fly mustache. Gabriel Miranda. The fly guy. I love it. You love to hear it, baby. You love to hear it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I think uh, I think the proof is in the pudding and the fact that the only person that Gabriel Miranda has been able to fight in the UFC, it was a loss. So he did get TKO'd, but he fought fucking Benoit St. Denise, guys. Come on. Uh, we're talking about the God of War here. Terrifying individual. Um, he would have knocked out most of the guys they put in front of him on that given night. So uh, we're going Gabriel Fly Miranda on this one. Uh, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how that one turns out for us down the pipe. Moving into the next one here. Uh, we're actually going to skip past the next one on the early prelims and jump right into the actual preliminary card. Unless you object, Jive Turkey. Let's keep the Let's keep the ball rolling. We got a lot of great fights to go over. Keep the ball rolling, baby. Let's keep it rolling. So, um, you know, we're going to skip through these fights the same way we did in our bets this week. So, starting off the preliminary card all the way at the bottom, which is kind of crazy to me. We got Nasrat Hapcrest. Um, what? Starting off the prelims? What is happening? I know, man. It's a stack card. I like it, though. Love to see him in he's, there. And he's coming in here against Landon Quinones, who, uh, I mean, again, not a household name for sure. But the man is, uh, you know, he's he's a pretty damn good fighter in the Lone Wolf. Fighting out of Sunrise, Florida, he is 7-1. and one. His only loss coming by way of decision to one Mohamed John Naimov. And that was all the way back in 2019 at Titan FC. Titan FC is definitely no schlum uh, when it comes to producing great fighters. That's where Joe Skeletor Giannetti fights out of right now. Um, Cage Titans. I mean, this guy was a champion over there. I mean, or, or I believe he was a champion. Either way, the guy was a stud over there. He made it look easy in a lot of these fights, especially in his last few. I mean, three out of his last four fights, or sorry, four out of his last five fights were KO or TKO finishes, and the other one was also a unanimous decision win. So 
since that fight that lost to Muhammad John Naimov, the guy has been on an absolute tear. And that is why he's made his way to the UFC. Standing across from him, however, is going to be no pushover in Nazrat Hakros. Um, 14 and 5 in his own way. He's lost one TKO, one submission, and three decisions. Um, and on the other side of that, he's got nine KOs to his name and five decisions. Not really one for a submission finish, but man, if you give him a chance, he will knock the head clean off your shoulders. He couldn't get it done to Bobby Green. He couldn't get it done to Dan Hooker, but he at least was able to take Hoffa Garcia, Alex Munoz, and John McDesi all the way to decision in the UFC. Uh, his only KO so far in the UFC came over Joaquin Silva, who hasn't really had the best run in the UFC, so that's not really saying anything super-duper noteworthy considering three out of his four losses were knockouts. He got knocked out by Ricky Glenn. He also got knocked out by Armand Sarukian. So again, this guy has been knocked out by people that are typically wrestlers. That's not telling you any indication that Nasrat is going to go out there and knock out his opponent. I think this one is a lot harder um, of a fight than people are making it out to be on paper. I think Landon Quinones brings a lot of threats. Uh, he's a very well-rounded fighter. He can take the fight wherever he needs to. And um, man, I hope Nasrat put in a real camp for this. Otherwise, it is going to be a very long and interesting night for the young man. Absolutely, man. You hit the nail on the head. Just add my two cents, starting with our boy Landon Quinones, who uh, we most recently saw and got to learn a little bit more about on the Ultimate Fighter series this past season. So familiar face there. Didn't get the outing he was looking for. He did lose in his first bout. And that was, you know, the rest is history. Um, I did feel like we saw glimpses of a, a really talented kid. Good, uh, fun prospect. Really, um, well, started to rub people the wrong way in the house, but really confident in his skills and did show flashes, but just not enough. I think defensively he was getting caught, ended up getting taken down. You know, uh, the record does look good, but I do question the level of competition that he has faced. I mean, and hey, let's just be honest. I mean, if, if he comes out and fights half as good as any of the other guys from this season have came out and fought uh, from the Ultimate Fighter, he's going to put on a show. Let's 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 say that for what it is, man. Give credit where it's due. But I, I do think, man, he has a tough challenge ahead of him. He has a staple in the, in the division, somebody who's been in the UFC at 28 years old. He's been in the UFC for six years since he was 22. So you're talking about a Nasrat who's really grown up in inside the octagon here that is a big difference to me yes i know you know some of you guys might be saying well hey this guy nasrat over the years he's lost to drew dober he's been knocked out he lost a decision fight to dan hooker he even lost to bobby green i get all that i know but if i'm being honest man those are some big names and those are not easy tasks for anybody at 155 you know and for Nasrat to bounce back still able to stack up 14 wins in his career nine by ko uh, five by decision tells me he's got the grit he's got the chin and and he's got the experience that i think is going to give me the edge here i do like landon maybe he'd come out and shock the world here um but the odds certainly would not suggest that and i think it's because we've seen nasrat in a number of different uh situations against different opponents and just again six years in the ufc octagon he's only 20 years old i thought that was really interesting so i'm leaning with the uh Going with the experience here. I'm going with Nasrat. Probably by decision, though. I think it's going to be a really tough, gritty fight. 
Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think it's definitely going to be a close fight. I think it's going to be a needy greedy one, uh, as they say. But man, I, I think I think Nasrat takes it. Uh, but again, I do think it's going to be a lot harder fought win than it looks like on paper. I mean, they have him at pretty damn solid uh, favorite odds right now. Landon might be a solid dog bet. Um, I'm not telling you that I'm betting on him, but hey, we'll we'll see, kids. Uh, moving into the next one. This is one that I, I'm definitely a little bit excited about. We got Jamie Malarkey coming in against Jack or John McDesi. I don't know why I said Jack, probably because I'm so excited about the next fight after this with Jack Jenkins. Uh, but we got to talk about Jamie Malarkey first, folks. So John the Bull McDesi, you might remember him from a fight a long time ago coming in against Donald Cerrone, getting his, uh, his I think it was his nose broke or his jaw broke and quitting in the, in the middle of the fight. I mean, no one can fault him for that. It was bad. You could tell it was bad. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, he he fought at UFC 124 and is fighting tomorrow. That is crazy. Um, he did fight at UFC 124 all the way back in 2010 against Pat Aldenwood. And then he fought Kyle Watson, got two wins there. Um, honestly, a fabled career. The guys fought Sam Stout, Darren Crookshank, um, Renee Forte, Shane Campbell, Donald Cerrone, Yancey Medeiros, Medi Bagdad. Lando, Groovy Lando, Venata, Abel Trujillo, Ross, the real deal, Pearson, Jesus Pineda, Francisco Trinaldo, one of the old dogs of the sport. Hell, his last fight was against Nasrat Hopcross. Um, so, I mean, he's, again, no slouch. He's nobody you should sleep on or else he'll put you to sleep. Um, the guy's got nine KOs, TKOs to his name, which is exactly as many decision uh, wins as he has to his name. Rounding out all 18 of his wins. Zero wins by submission. He's been submitted only one time. Um, lost five decisions. Lost two KOs on his side. This fight against Jamie Malarkey is going to be tough. There's no way around it. Jamie Malarkey has had somewhat of a resurgence in recent years. Um, after coming into the UFC on two back-to-back -back losses to Brad Riddell and Fariz Zaham, uh, he, he came right back. He bounced back after those two losses. Got two back-to-back -back wins over Kama Worthy and Devontae Smith. Uh and then again, they paired him up against Jalen Turner, maybe a little bit of a mismatch. Jalen Turner beat him, got the TKO, but it took him, you know, two rounds to do it. Followed by that, he gets a win over Michael Johnson and Francisco Prado. Um, again, his his next loss was to Muhammad John Naimov. My goodness, where do we know that name, Muhammad John Naimov? I feel like we were just now talking about that name, weren't we? Maybe, maybe. I think you're right like about we were. it. Wait a second. I think it was when I was talking about Landon Quinones and one of his losses. So crazy. Loss. I said, you know, I wouldn't put too much weight into that. That loss was from a long time ago. Maybe you should put weight into it because that guy's just a fucking stud who is now also in the UFC and has a win over Jamie Malarkey. So, um, yeah, I mean, another That's fun fact here from MMA the Black Shadow in the chat. Fun fact. Jamie Malarkey once fought Volk, the current featherweight champ. You love to see that. Um, was back in 2016, yep. Uh, yeah, Jamie Malarkey's an absolute stud. Yeah, Volk did put his lights out. I didn't mean not to get too ahead of ourselves here. It is the greatest. <laughs> One of the greatest. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, brother, I, hey, that's a great breakdown. I mean, I won't add too much here. We'll, we'll be chatting about uh, a bunch of Malarkey here later on as well. But yeah, man, I, I do think um, overall skill for skill and where Jamie's at in his career, I'm, I'm leaning towards the younger, the bigger you know taller more rangy striker and maybe a little bit more well-rounded too if you just look at 
his finishes, uh, Jamie Malarkey, you know, being 29 years old, having 16 victories, 10 KOs, three submissions, and still able to win three via decision. Uh, I just think, although he did, like you said, is coming off a, a tough KO loss or TKO loss to a Muhammad John Namov, uh, I went back and rewatched it. Honestly, he looked really good throughout the fight. He went to go shoot, um, shoot a takedown and just took a really mean hook right to the temple. Those things happen, and and that guy uh, John looked freaking strong, and he might be a problem. So I, I don't uh, give Jamie too much of a um, bad time for that one. I, you know these things happen, and like you said, come out the Michael Johnson win, being Francisco Prado uh, this year earlier this year. I do think we're going to see Jamie come in here and give our boy uh, John Macdessy a bunch of malarkey. You know, at 38 years old, 11 year difference, I am going to go with the younger fighter here typically. And I just, I do like Jamie, man. He's got a good game to him. Slick on his feet. And if he gets to the ground, he can submit you as well. So I'll take him. He'll be one of the first, if I'm looking here, because I know we're a little worried about Shane Young. I'm, I'm assuming Blood Diamond will probably win, but this will be one of the early wins here for the hometown. And you'll see them celebrate when he does. Love to see it. I mean, I, uh, I'm i excited about this fight, but again, I, I think this card is full of fights to be excited about. Jamie Malarkey always puts on a show. John the Bull Desi is like a bull. He's always willing to come forward, even if it's to his detriment, right, or his demise. Uh, if, if, if I have a gun to my head on this one, I have to choose somebody to win this. I'm probably going Malarkey all day. You know, I love a little bit of Malarkey here and there. Um, you know, we're going to be getting into some Malarkey with Mystic Drew this Saturday. Jeez. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see here. We'll see here. Also, Tico Tech LLC pointed out that Shane missed by three point seven five pounds, and he, he saw did. someone call him the Tukagov of city kickboxing. Ouch! Mm, bummer. Ouch. He did miss. I yeah. I mean, you hate good. to hear that. The Tukagov yes. of CKB. Oh man, you are out of here. You are out of here. Um, geez, Louise, man. I mean. What can you even? What can you even say? You hate to see it. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. You just hate to see it. Um, but here we are. Here we are. Uh, I, I think again, Shane. I already, I already said my two bits on. I think he's overrated uh, as someone that comes out of CKB, especially, and that's why he's probably going to lose that fight. Moving forward, we have Jack Jenkins coming in against Chepe Mariscal. My Chippe. guy, Nano, I'm going to let you go ahead and take the lead on this. Let's, let's, let's go, Tell us man. how you really feel about Mr. Chepe. Ah, this is a fun one, brother. With Jack Jenkins, Chepe. This could potentially be fight of the night, ladies and gentlemen. Sleeper fight. We have two absolute savages at 145 going in here and hoping to display their skills. Both coming off some crazy fights, some crazy wins. Uh, I'll start with that boy, Jack Jensen. You know, 29 years old, 12 and 2. Super fundamentally sound. I think he has really good technique. And honestly, I'm being honest. I think he has maybe the strongest leg kicks in the UFC right now, besides Justin Gaethje. Freaking lethal, dude. I, I mean, think they he like, actually might have better leg kicks than Justin Gaethje, if I'm being completely honest with you. It is a legitimate conversation. It is a legit. Yeah. That is, it, and that is the highest regard. Gaethje might be one of the best leg kickers next to Edson Barbosa. I mean, we're talking demolishing leg kicks. This guy is next level. And and you can just tell. You turn on the tape, you watch the highlights, you watch his actual fights, and you're going to see a really strong quick boxer. You're going to see somebody with a high guard, really accurate punches. And again, I just think he's all around 
um, a really strong fighter, and he represents this new generation of talent in the UFC really well. Yeah. Um, especially coming out of you know Australia or New Zealand, like that part of the world, man, they got some dogs. Um, and I do think if he stays within himself, he did mention on a podcast recently, I was looking at some YouTube shorts on our, my boy, and um, he was mentioning he wants to be surgical with Chepe. He wants to just go straight down the middle, straight down the pipe. And if he can, again, stick to the game plan, he'll probably find a path to victory. But that road to the victory is going to have a lot of windy turns. It's going to have some bumps, some loop-de-loops, some uh, potholes. And it's going to be a bumpy ride, brother. Chepe is a fun and exciting fighter. Uh, But unfortunately, that excitement and that willingness to throw caution to the wind, although it's a strength, is also his weakness at times. Uh, If you want to know the kind of fighter he is, man, go tune in that uh, his most recent fight against Trevor Peak back in June. I mean, holy... F bomb. I know we got something cute up there. <laughs> Holy. Blank. There it is. <laughs> My bad. I was on mute. I was like, wait a second. Why is, it, why is he not reacting? Is it not blank? Mother. I can't believe it. Drop the mother. Thank you, brother. That's exactly how I felt watching his last fight. I mean, it was like the UFC's version of a backyard brawl or one of those street beat videos. It was insane. No technique, but it was nothing but fireworks. And I think that's what Chepe is going to do. He does have a fight against Bryce Mitchell in a different organization. He lost. It was a tough match. But I do think that Chepe, man, he's he's going to bring he's going to bring that dog. He's going to bring out a really good fight in Jack Jenkins. We'll see if he can weather the storm. If he can weather those late kicks. Um, and it, we'll see if Jack, you know, calls his shot. A little mystic magic, uh, Mike. Well, mystic prediction here. Mystic Mac I was trying to say. Um, and yeah, maybe just knock him out straight down the pipe. We'll see. What do you think, brother? I mean, I, I think you're right on the money there. I think Jack Jenkins definitely has the strongest uh, leg kicks in all of the UFC right now. They are terrifying leg kicks. Uh, when he puts them on you, they uh, they do damage. I, I think he should be called the leg collector. Uh, I think that'd be a great nickname for him. As you said about Chepe Mariscal, he, uh, not the most formal fighter you'll see, not the most technical fighter you'll see, but man, um, he puts leather to face. Uh, what can I say? He's an entertaining fighter to say the very least. And uh, that's, you know, one of the things that get us into the sport of mixed martial arts. So, I can't be mad at it. I uh, I also won't put my money on it. So I'm going to, if I have to put money on it, put it on Jack Jenkins, folks. I think Jack Jenkins goes out there. I think he's surgical with it. I think he breaks down the legs uh, and muscle tissue of the legs of Chepe Mariscal. And, um, you know, I think he, he sets the tone for his, his mate, Carlos Olberg, to step out right after that. Facts, facts. It's going to be a lot of shoeys in this crowd, man. A lot of celebrations for the home team. There's going to be so, so many shoeys. My God. And this will be um, Sunday morning for them. I can only imagine they're going to be off to the races. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, there's going to be a lot. I'm excited, actually, to hear your thoughts. I feel like I knew we were both going to lean the same way on this Jack Jenkins fight, but very excited to hear your thoughts on Deun Junk. Coming in against Carlos Olberg, the the myth, the man, the model himself. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Jason Momoa 2.0. We're talking about here. Yeah, brother. Um, heart, when you look at him, I mean, and when I come back to reality after getting lost in his gazing eyes, yeah, I mean, it's hard to choose against Carlos uh, Carlos Olberg here. 
32 years old, eight and one, trains with Izzy Adesanya on a regular basis. Um, dude has nuclear hands, man, and he goes out there with one goal in mind, and that's to get the first round finish um, and finish it quickly, right? He's He has lost his first fight after entering the UFC from the Contender Series. Well, let me rephrase that. Right from the UFC Contender Series, he did lose his first UFC fight, but since then was able to string together four wins, and three of those wins were uh, first-round finishes. So you'll love to see that. But, man, I will say, after I looked into Daun Jung a little bit more, 29-year-old fighter, 15 and 14, way busier, younger. I will say, man, this guy, although he looks unopposing, and although the odds are certainly suggesting otherwise, this feels like a little bit of a trap. This might be a little bit of a trap bet here. I'll tell you why. I mean, when you look at Daun, uh, again, not as buff, not as good looking, not as chiseled of a chin, okay? But... I, what I will say is he was able to get a KO using a little bit of a MMA math here. Uh, Daun was able to get a KO over the guy that beat Carlos Ulberg uh, years ago, Kennedy Inzegchukwu. Chukwu, my apologies. Um, so using MMA math, man, he might be maybe a little bit above him here. Uh, but in all seriousness, he's a patient fighter. He's willing to play chess with you, maybe even a little bit of possum to get the opponent to make that first mistake, to counter off of... Um, you know, you not being patient enough or just when to make that first mistake and capitalize. Now, he is coming off of two losses after that win against Kennedy. So, hey, when you're this big, these things happen, right? You're in the light heavyweight division. These these guys are huge and they're all talented. So, and under, with that in mind, I think the reality is, I think, you know, his back is up against the wall. Again, a starved dog is going to have a little bit more of a deeper uh, tank than the next guy. And I do think if he can stick to his game plan and and kind of weather that initial storm that Carlos Silver is going to present to him right from the jump, he's going to run across and try to put him out. I think if he could weather that storm, you know, use the fence, get away, get away. And again, he has this kind of patient, just like lolling stance to him, and then he'll explode at the last minute and catch you. So Dahoon is like a ticking time bomb out there. I, I think Carlos, if he can avoid the landmines, like that old school game on our computers... Uh, Minesweeper, one of those. Um, I do think that he'll get the victory. I'm leaning, Car- leaning Carlos here, but it's going to be close, man. It might be a trap. I'm telling you, it might be. I mean, I mean, those are those are tough. That's tough. I, I personally think Carlos Olberg is uh, is the man here to 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 go out and get it done. Dung Jun is a is a very strong young man. He uh, he has the ability. To knock you out fighting out of Daegu, South Korea. I mean, this man's got the power, right? He's got the power. Um, two decision wins, three sub- or sorry, two submission wins, two decision wins, and eleven finishes by way of KO slash TKO. Um, typically, when he gets beat, it's due to decision. He has one loss by KO, one loss by submission. The other two are by way of decision. Um, that being said, one of those knockouts came from Dustin Jacoby, who's an absolute stud of a human being. Um, as you pointed out, he he has a win over Kennedy and Chekwu. The reason he has that win is because Kennedy and Chekwu, the same reason that I knew Kennedy might have trouble in his last fight, stands right in front of you, keeps his head right on the center line, especially when he's throwing bombs. He does this. He's he's throwing, he's throwing, he's throwing, but his head doesn't fucking move, guys. And it's just, I mean, like, what do you expect is going to happen? Right? You're going to get knocked the hell out, and it's going to be party time for your opponent. Uh, so, I mean... You got to move your head, folks. It's the moral of the story. 
Dawoon Jung Jung Dawoon, he he does not have a, a striking deficit. However, he does the same thing. He doesn't really move off the center line either. And the only people that I've really seen Carlos Olberg struggle with in the least are people who have really, really good actual movement, right? Uh, I mean, now, again, using your MMA math that you used, uh, Kennedy and Chuck Wu is the most recent victory uh, in Dawoon Jung's book and the most recent loss in Carlos Olberg's book. But that being said, Carlos Olberg has definitely evolved a lot more in these last four fights against Fabio Charant, Tafan and Chukwi, Nikolai Nigamedianu, and Ihor Posiera. Now, I mean, the Ihor Posiera was by far the, the biggest kind of like impressing movement for me. Uh, and then before that, Nikolai Nigamedianu, the, the way that he knocked him out so ferociously, I mean, he just punched him into the fucking nether realm. It was beautiful to see. Um, I don't think... Jung Dawoon is is the guy to to stop this. I don't think Jung Dawoon is is the guy to to really have an answer for this. And I think we're gonna watch the Black Jag himself, Carlos Oberg, go out there and get it done in emphatic fashion on Saturday evening. That's probably most likely to happen. I'd have to agree with you, brother. I'm trying to, you know, I'm not trying to make it seem like I'm an honorary Aussie over here. Yes, yeah, somewhere in the Bam Bam shirt. But I'm trying to, you know, be give an honest assessment because you never know. <laughs> I mean, we do love to see the Aussie shirt. We do love to see the support. Um, nobody's mad at it. man. Everybody loves to see it. We know. I mean, they know the UFC knows what they're doing, right? They, they want the home crowd to be spoiled by their riches. Uh, I think it's been, what, like six or seven years since they've been out there in Sydney. So why not spoil them and give them a great show? I mean, it's yeah, it's been some time, um, I, like you said been some time since they've been in sydney why not spoil them a little bit they deserve it um in my opinion so again why not man? why not give the people what they want speaking of giving the people what they want um you got one guy that that my gal used to have a crush on um not anymore with the the like gold or silver fang teeth that he has and um just some some other random weirdness she, she just yeah he lost her but I'm okay with it. Um, it Tyson Pedro, you know what we're talking about here. And he's coming in against the one, the only. The man you probably haven't heard of quite yet, but damn it, you probably will after tonight. Anton, the pleasure man, Turkals. Um, What a nickname. What a nickname. The pleasure man. And he was asked, he was asked this week, um, Aussie Shil Nano. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. That is hilarious. I'll take it. I'll take it. Aussie Shil Nano. All right. Are you saying, are you saying that about Tyson Pedro? I think, yeah, right? That's hilarious. Oh, uh, so yeah. Tyson Pedro coming in against Anton, the pleasure man, Turkos. At the presser, they asked Mr. Turkos about his nickname. They said, hey, you know, Tyson Pedro likes your name. Um, can you tell us about it? And he said, you will be able to ask my opponent about my nickname on Saturday after the fight. He's going to taste the pleasure man. He's going to taste the pleasure man. He then said, if you don't want to ask Tyson, you could ask your wife. <laughs> Did he actually say that? I missed that. Oh my Brother, God. To the, to the, uh, to the guy asking the question, he's like, you can ask Tyson on Saturday or you could ask your wife. <laughs> it was oh, it's pretty good. You missed that, bro. It was what? Yes. Or you can ask his wife. He said I, to that. Oh. He was not talking to Tyson. He was talking to the um, 
the, the guy asked oh, him the question. Oh, are you going to ask your wife? He okay. said you could ask Tyson after Saturday, or you could ask your wife. Jesus Christ, bro. I was like... That would have been a little too savage. Now he's a little too sweet for that. But Tyson Dude. did say that for whatever reason, his face just like pisses him off. Like he's like, I don't know why. I just want to beat him up. <laughs> Ms. Mary said there are hotter guys on the card. I agree. I agree. As a as a heterosexual man, you know, I'm going. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm more of a Carlos Olberg kind of guy myself. I mean, I'm um, very comfortable in my sexuality as well. Um, you know, happily engaged here. But um, yeah, Jason Momoa 2.0, aka. Carlos or Ulberg can, um, you know, we can we can train anytime. <laughs> I will let damn. him coach me up. Tico Tech said, damn, that's foul. No wonder he's on a two-fight skid and Tyson's going to sleep him. Let's go. Let's go. You love to hear it. You love to hear it, baby. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. I mean, well, I, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts, brother. I mean, obviously... Fanhood aside, I mean, stylistically, I mean, Tyson's just, if he's motivated and, and if that layoff did him good, if he's healthy, we should see him go out there and, yeah, put a clinic on him. I, I truly think that he goes out there and he just, he, he puts a, he puts a clinic on him. He has to. I think there's no other way around it. I think it's his fight to lose. Um, I, I do think Turkhalj is uh, talented. I, I won't, I won't say he's not talented, but that being said, I uh, I think the more talented man should win the fight, and I think the more mm-hmm. talented man is um is not the pleasure man. It's not the pleasure man. No, I agree with you, brother. Um, sticking with the pleasure man for now, I, you know, a couple losses since he's uh, came out of the contender series here, or since joining the UFC, and he <laughs> lost to show Matt. <laughs> These are I great, love that. Dude. These are great. I love it. I love it. Um, Anton lost to a powerful Gilton uh, Almeida pretty decisively. I don't know if that's necessarily a knock on him. Two twenty. I mean, he yeah. took the fight on it, short notice. It, took a, it was tough. a catch weight. There's a number of things that he had stacked against him. I don't even think we should count that fight. Yeah. But, so let's sorry, let's. I didn't mean to derail you. No, that's fair. I mean, again, it was decisive, but all that extra context matters. Let's be honest. It, it's you know, it wasn't that simple. Uh, he did also lose after that to Vitor Petrino. It's another strong power puncher in the division. Um, and again, those are two losses since entering the UFC. So he, in my opinion, seems to have trouble with some of those strong power punchers. And that's really what Tyson's going to bring. He's going to come in there. He's going to apply pressure. He's going to walk forward. And I do think Anton does have some skills on his feet that maybe can pose some problems to Tyson. And if Tyson's smart, he's not going to want to get kicked on that leg. If he's smart, he's not going to want to just try to eat any of these shots. He's going to have to be um, tactical. But, I mean, man, I'm hoping to see the best version of our guy Tyson Pedro, man. Right? He jumped out the gate when he entered the UFC back in 2016. He beat Cleo Roundtree. He beat our boy Paul Craig. Uh, and since then, Paul over Craig. the last <laughs> over the past six years, unfortunately, it's it's been up and down. Right? He has a couple tough losses. He's lost to OSP. He's lost to Shogun Hua back in 2018. Then he did have that three year layoff. Looks like there was a knee injury, a surgery involved. Maybe just life things happen. He had a young daughter that he grabbed at the uh, press conference or at the face off weigh in, fa- you know, a ceremonial weigh in. So maybe he had a baby as well. Been busy, you know, living life. I get that. Um, you love to see it, but again, I do think we're going to see. And and again, honestly, I we I think we might have briefly talked about his last fight against Modestus Bukakis. Uh, Bukowskis. 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 
geez, all these names. Uh, but it, it just felt like he fell a bit flat. Like he just, he didn't show up that night. Right. I, I don't think it was a lack of skill or talent. Might've just been a mental focus or just not showing up that night. Right. That's what I'm thinking. What do you think there? I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. I think that that's a solid take. I, I think Tyson Pedro more often than not here lately, uh, he, he fails to show up for these fights. He, um, he doesn't seem 100% present, whereas Anton, the pleasure man, he seems far more present. If I had to bet money on this fight, I would probably bet money on Anton, the pleasure man, circles. But uh, it's hard to get behind him because he just seems like such a creep. He seems like the guy that like got made fun of in elementary and middle school. So he started training in MMA, and uh, now he's the pleasure man. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, like all jokes aside, um, the pleasure man, I feel like is. He's a good fighter. He just has bad matchups. He's a good fighter with maybe a lackluster manager because whoever the hell let him fight Jalton Almeida was just out of their fucking mind. And then, I mean, Vitor Petrino, like, he's not a household name, but the guy's a beast. He's literally 9-0. He's undefeated for a reason. Um, he was undefeated before he fought Anton. He's undefeated after him. He beat Marcin Prochnio after that. And, I mean, like, before the fight with Anton, he had finished all but one opponent. Anton is two of two that he was not able to finish. Uh, so that says something. And if Tyson isn't able to finish somebody in the fights that he has, notably in the in the past at least, he tends to fade halfway through round two. He gets very, very overwhelmed, and his cardio has always been suspect. I think it's going to be no different in this one. I think his cardio is going to abandon him, and I think that it's, it's possibly really going to become the beginning of the end for him. That's a really fair take, brother. I wouldn't disagree. Sounds like you're Who's leaning Anton. Are you leaning the pleasure uh, man here? I'm, I'm leaning towards the pleasure man. You know, I'm Ooh. trying to double my pleasure, double my fun. There we go. Well, I might be tasting the pleasure man when I do a shot here. I think we're going to have to disagree. I'll, I'll lean Tyson Pedro. Put it on the board, baby. We got a shot or a shoey, however we want to. Got a shot or a shoey. Oh, and uh, tune in. Tune in for next week's first episode of the week because we will be doing a shoey if Ty Tuivasa wins. And if Ty Tuivasa loses... We might still be doing a fucking shoey. We'll see, guys. We'll see. We'll see. Nano repping the shirt hella hard, folks. Super. Um, let's go, guys. Jumping into the next fight here. Enough talking about this pleasure, man. It's time to switch gears a little bit and talk about a bad man. Justin Taffa. The bad <laughs> man. He's coming in here against Austin Lane. Uh, Austin Lane, you know they had to throw him on the pay-per-view because it's football opening week, folks. And this is an ex-NFL player here. I believe, what was he, a defensive lineman for the Carolina Jaguars? No, the, the Jaguars, right? Or the Panthers. Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars. Yep. Jacksonville or Carolina Jaguars. Panthers, one of them. Uh, I, was, I was mixing them up. I think it was, I think it was the Jacksonville Jags. Um, either way, man, they did him dirty in his opening fight, putting him against Greg Hardy, and uh, he just got absolutely flatlined. Since then, he has exited the UFC and just been making quite a name for himself literally since that loss in the UFC, or rather in Dana White's Contender Series, to um, Greg Hardy. I mean, he's been racking him up. The man, he fought Frank Tate, lost. Then he beat Brad Taylor and Cameron Graham. Then he lost to Vernon Lewis. Since then, he has a win over Tavares Gordon, Brad Taylor, Rashoon Jackson, Juan Adams from the UFC, Eric Lunsford, Richard Jacoby, and a no contest to Justin Taffa, who is who he's fighting right now. Now, these two originally were supposed to fight, Slater to fight June 24th of this very year. Uh, it only went 29 seconds until an accidental eye poke caused the fight to be stopped. Justin Taffa has seems to have be taking a lot into this, and uh, it seems like he's making it personal. He seems to think that the eye poke 
maybe was personal in that last fight, and uh, he wants vengeance, he wants revenge, and he wants it now. What are your thoughts on the fight, Nano? And what are your thoughts on the fact that the bad man seems to be going in here, taking it a little bit personally? Is it a good plan or is it a bad plan for the bad man? Your mic is hot. Let's go. Ooh, let's go. He is bad. I'll trust the game plan. You know, I think whatever whatever motivation he needs to, you know, to get into that mental that that mindset into that mental fortitude. By all means, man. I I, I think the reality is here as much as i love my football guys man you know i do i want to root for him you know austin lane ex nfl defensive end uh he is going to have the size here he has five inches of height advantage along with six inches of reach my question here is can he keep uh justin toffa out of the pocket outside of striker's range um can he survive the blitzes and and like uh black auto said here perfectly can he avoid that counter hook that counter left hand is lethal it puts People like Porta Paca into the nether realm. Um, I, 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 again, I want to give Austin props here, though, for jumping from one professional sport to another. This is not an easy transition. You mentioned Greg Hardy earlier, but uh, even though Greg Hardy did it first, I think Austin's doing it better. He is still around. He's making a name for himself to the contender series, stacking up some wins. But I think the reality is here. Um, Austin's just somebody that just does not have the enough time. He just has simply not thrown enough punches to look as comfortable, I feel like, as a Justin Toffer or as anybody at this level. I mean, he I think he's made it here out of sheer athleticism and just being a big athlete um, and, and just having that mental toughness that you really need, again, to be a professional football player. Same thing goes to training and to getting to perform on the stages with the bright lights here in the octagon and, and he has all those intangibles but i think it's just the reality of just man not enough punches thrown he, he just looks a bit awkward out there and i think justin Toffa is either he's either going to one march straight down in front of him and just take him out or i think we will probably see a lot of movement from from austin circling the cage circling the cage staying away from that left hand staying away trying to trying to pepper in some jabs but once once justin gets a a chance to land i mean like you said, I mean, he he puts leather to to skin and uh, leather to bones, and, and those bones usually break when Justin Taffa hits you. So I think that's what's going to happen here, brother. What do you think? I mean, I, I think the same thing. I think Justin Taffa, as they say, he's a bad man. He's a very bad man. He's got a very bad plan, and uh, I mean, his goal is to put it on you. You know, um, you come in super confident, and you think that you've you've got this in the bag to some extent, and then everybody has a plan until they eat that first shot. That's you know Mike Tyson's words, not mine, right? Like. And he's right. He's absolutely right with it. If if you uh, if you eat that shot, it's, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you real bad. And that left hook is disgusting. Counter left hook. Um, I mean, he can handle. He, he can he can land it from any any side. He can do it from the left side. He can do it from the right side. And he just does it so clean, so crisp, and he disguises it so well as he's stepping back outside of range. Um, Austin Lane, being said, he's he's a very long fighter. He fights long and he has a reach advantage. If he's able to utilize that reach advantage, keep at bay, keep at distance with the footwork, we might see a Justin Lane win here on Saturday night. But I mean, it's 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 hard pressed to bet on him when we've seen him get knocked out by Greg Hardy, who has less power, in my opinion, than Justin Taffa. So um, it's just it's hard to bet on Austin Lane as much as I want to see the guy do well. I want to see the fight go better than it did last time, which would, you know, mean it just has to last longer than 29 seconds and has to not end in an eye poke. So 
as long as it makes it past that mark, we've already won as fans. But I mean, if I have to bet on one of these, I'm probably picking Justin Taffa, even with a six inch reach disadvantage. You got to think that he's going to be the faster and stronger man here. And to Tico Tech's point, Taffa did look a bit leaner. Um, I mean, he said he thought he was looking at Junior Junior Taffa at the weigh-ins, and I agree, man. Oh, um, nice. Like, Justin Taffa did look very lean at these weigh-ins, and I mean, I think that's going to pay dividends for him. I think he's going to showcase more speed than we've ever seen him with, and that's a problem for a man that carries that much power in his hands and feet. I think a lot of people discount and discredit and forget about the leg kicks that he has. Dude, um, that's a great call-out. Those leg kicks are disgusting. We've seen him hurt stronger people before. So, I mean what's going to happen when it, when it hurts this guy, right? Like how much can he take? Yeah. And, how much can and, he take? and I don't know that he could take a whole lot No, And is, and he's going to have that same movement with, you know, uh, a flat tire. I mean, probably not, you know? So yeah, I mean, anyway, you slice it, the longer this goes, I give Austin more props, the longer it goes, but the more likely that quicksand is going to catch up to you. And, and Justin's going to yeah land the mark at some point. Absolutely. Uh, so it looks like we're both leaning towards Justin Taffa on that one. I think this next one we might actually be leaning a little bit separately. Uh, Manel Starboy Cop coming in against Felipe Dos Santos Nano. Take the lead on this one, my guy. Let's go. Let's go. Manel, the star boy. I mean, more like the shit starter boy out here, man. I, I just got to make a quick comment. I don't know if anybody here got to watch the uh, media scrum and the press conference here for uh ufc 293 but this guy was from the top rope out of nowhere you know dissing uh kai Kara france and the crowd flipping him off gets izzy to stand up does izzy to sit the down little boy all this stuff i mean that whole exchange everything about him i'm like man what who is this guy and then you go and you look him up and and that's just what he does that's just who this guy is man he did make his statement his little you know coming out of the ufc party but, uh, you know, let's not give Kai Car France any, let's not give him bad time. Okay. He had to pull out due to a concussion. You can't rush, can't rush that. That's just what it is. Okay. Safety first, y'all. I know we're talking about fighters here, but you can't do it. You just can't. Um, but man, what a way to just add some extra juice to this fight, you know, make some more entertainment, but really take on that WWE villain role. You know, I think he's leaning in there. Um, but again, dude has a history of it. So I'm excited to see. But man, out that's outside the octagon inside the octagon dude's an absolute savage i mean he is nothing short of fireworks excitement and just absolutely explosive he has this calm demeanor to him at times he'll stay flat-footed but you know and it's like if, if his rhythm right if you're looking at it's so hard to get the heartbeat of him because it's like he'll be sitting there he'll sit there he'll play with it he'll mess around and then boom he just flashes in the blink of an eye exploding freaking knee kick to your jaw spinning uh you know roundhouse kick or just a, a fast three punch combo that you didn't even realize hit you before you know you're out before you hit the ground um at 125 man i feel like this guy does have a lot of impressive tools he can strike really well good counters um and he he fights like he has that ferocity to him he wants to go out there and hurt you i mean he's slapping people in weigh-ins he's like talking crap to him throughout the fight. He's flipping them off. I mean, this guy has a track record that he is not in here and he's not bowing, although he has all the tools. I mean, you would think this guy comes from some respectful, you know, dojo or something. I mean, he has all the skills, but boy, is he the villain, man. I, I, I love it. I honestly think in a way, like when I watch him, it, it feels like it's like a Conor McGregor mixed with Yoel Romero. 
in a 125 pounder body. Super explosive, fucking next level athlete. But it's that counter puncher, the 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 southpaw, and and you know head back and and man, accurate. It, it, it's fun. He's gonna. I think he's gonna make a statement, you know. And I really don't know too much about Felipe dos Santos. Maybe, like you said, we're gonna be different here. But at 22 years old, he is seven and zero. That is a big deal to me. Uh, he is does also have the same coach, Diego Lima, who also helped Charles Oliveira get his uh, career from ground zero. I do see a lot of similarities here to Charles Olives. I mean, Felipe's again starting off 22 years old, already has that background. And and he didn't take no shit, man. Like he he stood his ground. He he was going toe to toe with Manel. He saw what he was doing. He he didn't care, man. I, I like to see that he, he didn't quiver in the in the um, face of of the opposition. There, unfortunately, maybe he's still a little too young. Maybe still a little too raw. I mean, this guy Manel caught, man. I mean, he can go out get a really exciting finish, and he might be looking at that top five, and he might be looking at a title really soon. I mean, I think he's that good. I don't like him, but I think he's damn good. So I like Felipe. I think he's going to have a long career here. We're going to be talking about Felipe Dos Santos for a long time. But I do think Manel is just on a different level, man. What are your thoughts? I, I do. I do think Manel is on another level. I'm not I'm not going to disagree with you. And I do think that um, in some kind of weird way, he he is kind of like a Conor McGregor meets you all Ramiro on some alien planet. Um Put my tin hat I mean, on, man. He he might have know, jumped into this multiverse. Put the tinfoil hat on. <laughs> that's that's the it's the multiverse collision we never knew we needed. Um, Starboy, Manel Cop. I've actually been high on this guy for some time. Big fan of his. I don't love the antics. I don't love the the kind of trash talking antics and things that he's been taking. Um, that being said, whether I like it or not, the guy's got a win over Ode Osborne. He's got a win over Zalga Zumagulov. He's got a win over David Dvorak. Um, three notable names, in my opinion. He also lost to Mateus Nikolaou and Alessandro Pantoja. Those are two names that if you're going to get a loss to, I mean, they're not the worst people to lose to, right? So um, standing across from him is going to be Felipe Dos Santos, who is undefeated. He has a perfect career. Uh, the guy has a win over Hugo Paiva, who has got to be related to Howley and Paiva because they look alike and both their last name is Paiva. And I haven't seen many people with the last name Paiva that are both in mixed martial arts. Uh, yeah. So coincidence i think not yeah coincidence i think not um his last win was uh over hugo paiva rafael mataro ribeiro marcos dagley uh again like he's he, he's not beating crazy big name people right and, and that's okay however like he's not beating nobody he's fighting guys at afc he's fighting guys at shoot brazil um arena global at combat globals like he, he's fighting Big name guys. He's fighting, or not big name guys, but big guys in big places. Last one was over a young man in LFA, Legacy Fighting Association, and that is one of the better feeder associations for the UFC. So that's why he's here, guys. He's here for a reason. He's here for multiple reasons. He's here because he's a well rounded fighter. Two decisions, three submissions, two by way of TKO, fighting out of shoot the box, Diego Lima. Um, this flyweight is here to stay, I think, and I think he's going to put up a hell of a fight against Manel Cop. Do I think that he's able to get the win over Manel Cop? That's a bigger question. He does have a two-inch reach advantage, which I think should pay dividends for him because he actually knows how to use it and will use it. He's the younger guy. I mean, everything is on his side. He's got two inches on the height, two inches on the reach. And from what I'm saying or seeing, he's far more even kill. And um, I got to be completely honest with you. I um, 
I think this is Cop's fight to lose. I think Cop should win this fight. He is the better talent. He is the more polished talent. He's been in the UFC much longer, obviously, with this other guy making his debut. But if I had to put money on one of these guys, gun to my head, I'm going Felipe. Um, I, I think Lipe Detonia gets it done. Why? Because he doesn't have any pressure. He has nothing to lose, everything to gain. And Manel Cop um, notably doesn't do well when he's in his head. And he's very, very notably in his head at this press conference. He's yelling at someone he's not even fighting. He's throwing water bottles at him. He's standing up to a champion that's multiple weight classes higher than him. I, I mean, pick a lane and stay in it. I, I get that you want to be the brash shit talker. You want to get eyes on you. And it worked. You got eyes on you. But don't get so overzealous and overwhelmed to the point to where you you start cashing checks with your ass that your mouth or with your mouth that your ass can't cash. Um, so and, and I feel like that's just that's what he did. You know, he, he wrote a check with his mouth that his ass can't cash. And on Saturday night, if that's the case, it's going to be Felipe who's going to the bank. Sheesh. I like it, man. I like it. That's a great take. I don't agree with it, but I freaking like it. We'll probably be doing a shot, brother. That's a good one, man. Uh, you never know, man. I, you really bring up some good points. The the guy that, like, even Izzy said, hey, has everything to gain but nothing to lose. That's just, that's the scariest guy. Scariest guy. And Manel might be looking past him a little bit. I mean, that, I mean, that was pretty clear. It's pretty clear. So we'll see, man. We'll see. It's like, I mean, if you want to talk about the most deadliest gunman in all the Wild Wild West, it was Doc Holliday. Why? Not because he was the best gunman in the Wild Wild West, because he was so sick by the end of his run, he was coughing up blood. He knew he was dead man walking, so everyone was fucking scared to fight that guy, because they're like, well, what does this guy have to lose? Best case scenario, I kill a dead man. Worst case scenario, I get killed by a dead man. There's no winning. <laughs> so, that is Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya, folks. Um... Let's see what Turtle said here, Andrew. A fight I did not care about until the press conference and weigh-ins. There we go. Again, Starboy giving precedence to the name, giving right to the name. Starboy. He's making himself into a star, boy, uh, by, by talking <laughs> shit and uh, doing what he has to do. You know, He talks the shit. He takes the hits. And uh, when shit gets tough, hopefully you know, he, he adapts and gets. We'll see. TBD, man. But I know more eyes going to be tuning in to that fight. I know that much now. Absolutely. But not um, as many as this next one. There we go. The Black Hotto, obviously a man of culture because he'll be your Huckleberry. That's shout a Doc out, Holiday Doc Holiday. reference. Let's yeah, go. Shout out. Great I'm your movie. Huckleberry. Come on okay, now. One of the best. One oh, of the dude. best. If you don't know, now you know. Tombstone, baby. Check Ooh. it out. I'm sure it's streaming on one of the streaming services. We are not sponsored. We are not getting paid to say that. But man. Uh, if you're American, it's a damn good movie to watch. And if you're not American, still a damn good movie to watch. Uh, moving into the co-main event of the evening, folks. We got Ty Tuivasa, a.k.a. the Shuivasa himself, coming in against Alexander Volkov, a man with an ever-changing back piece tattoo. Um, guys, I mean, how, how do we see this one going, Nano? Like, well, first off, yeah, that's Alexander a lot of back Volkov to be covering. <laughs> it's truly a lot of back to be covering. You are not lying. Um, you know, I mean, baby got back. Uh, but that being said, baby also got reach. Baby got five inches of extra reach. Um, He's a big boy. I'm our excited. Fighter Bam Bam is a new fighter that's been unlocked, though, as uh, as the Black Auto said. I'm not sure if you saw that quick video clip, but a lot of the guys on this card were asked, hey, if a bar fight broke out, who would you want to have on your team if you could pick any three fighters? And like five out of eight people that they asked 
said Bam Bam to Ivasa. Um, so <laughs> well, because he's in there getting absolutely pissed, and you know, no matter how pissed he is, as these Aussies like to say, uh, taking the piss, he's taking a piss, he's getting pissed, brother. Um, yeah. After he's done putting another shimp on the Bobby, he, um, I'm sure he's really, he's ready to roll, right? I mean, he, he's probably the best drinker and one of the best fighters. And I think you got to put two and two together here, right? Cause there's some great fighters, but they're athletes, right? I mean, if you give Volkov a few rounds here, right? I mean, if, you know, maybe 10 pints or 20 pints, so damn big, is he going to have that same skill set? Is Surreal gone to be able to be doing all that fancy stuff when, you know, your shot's deep? I don't know, but I do know Bam Bam, hey. He could do everyone's chewy, and he's going to be ready to roll still. I believe that. And I think that's what's going to happen, brother. I mean, this is going to be a fun clash between two behemoth of men and two of my favorite heavyweight fighters, man, of this recent era, I feel like, for different reasons, two totally different styles, everything. But the reality is this has huge ramifications for the next step in their careers. Uh, And if one of them can make their way back up to that title shot. Um, you know, Ty, she's, he's 15 and five and he's someone that obviously is a, a fan friendly fighter, um, captures all the hearts of, of us guys here in the States, the shoeies, just the, the fun kind of laid back vibe, positive energy that he brings. Um, and like I said, man, he's a, even though he's all the way across the pond, he's always looking to get pissed. I think you, you could appreciate somebody that's just so authentic and, um, man, in terms of the octagon, he's a freaking fun fighter. He puts people's lights out. Uh, I think this will be a huge statement for Ty, though. If he can go out there, if he can be patient, stick to the game plan. Uh, and I think he'd have to go back and look at that loss to Surreal Gone, learn from those mistakes. Because I think stylistically, you're going to see another heavy-footed, like fast-kicking uh, kickboxer. He's going to go out there and, and want to dance. So can can Ty Tango? We're going to find out, man. I, I, but Volkov is... He's a staple in the heavyweight division, man. He's nasty. He's been out here for in the UFC for seven years now, and he has faced damn near everybody you could think of in the division uh, and making improvements every step along the way and making updates to that big old back tattoo as well. Um, yeah, not only is he the size of a legitimate NBA basketball player, dude, 6'7", 265, um, but again, that kickboxing game, I think, is the X factor. He's in my MMA math. Surreal gone, knocked out, tie to Ivasa. Uh, but when he fought Volkov back in 2021, it turned into a really fun kickboxing match, and it actually went a full five rounds. Uh, Volkov lost via decision, but that is kind of a that is interesting to me. I mean, he didn't get put away from gone, and he was actually able to to be a, in a competitive 25 minute fight kickboxing match, if you want to call it that MMA match, obviously, but. He lost, but man, it was competitive, right? And, and then after that, you know, you, he lost to a Tom Aspinall. He lost to a Curtis Blades, to a Derek Lewis. He obviously has a hard time with these power punchers and those guys that are at the cream of the crop, that are at the top of the hill um, or, you know, sitting atop of this mountain. Um, so I, I am questionable about Volkov's durability at this point in his career. I do know, I feel like he's like gotten bigger over the years too. So maybe some of that strength will help. But Ty looks good, man. I mean, if you take off his spare tire, I mean, that dude can probably fight in light heavyweight pretty easily and be, and be pretty damn good. Um, Ty's quick on his feet. He's athletic. Uh, and, and he's going to be looking for the for for the knockout, man. I, I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough for him to get inside there and deal with that long reach. I think Volkov's going to have, like, what, six inches of reach on him. But um, I think Ty's going to find a way to pull it out, brother. And if not, I'll be doing a shoey. 
And if he does, I'll be doing a shoey. <laughs> what do you think, brother? Well, I think the people will definitely love to see you doing a shoey. Um, and I think I'll be doing one with you, man. I think I'm... Um, the heart says Ty. The brain says Volkov. You know me. I'm a fucking idiot when it comes to this thing. So I'm going to bet with my heart here and go Ty. Uh, let's let's go to the chat real quick. The Black Hotto says Volk has all the tools and he knows how to use them. But Bam Bam has the power and never die attitude that Lewis had when he fought Volk. He also said, I think Vol I think this is Volk's fight to lose with his skill set. He puts uh, he puts it better together than Bam Bam does. But Bam Bam manages to rock everybody he's not supposed to. I completely agree. Um, me and Mary were talking about this in the car ride today. And, and you know, we were listening to the Annie Florian podcast. Shout out Annie Florian podcast. Love that. Um, both of their guys that do the best against each other, Florian and uh, big Brian Petrie. Shout out Brian Petrie. Big gun. Yeah, um, Petrie. And, and I mean, both of these guys said to basically stay away from Ty as much as they love him. They're going on Volk uh, or Volkov. I mean, it's it's not a bad bet, right? Like Volkov is is the right bet to make. He's got a five inch reach advantage. He knows how to use that reach when it comes to heavyweight better than almost anybody other than Cyril Ghana or John Jones at this point. Um, and I mean, he puts it on you. That being said, you're talking about someone that's one of the taller people, if not the tallest person currently in the uh, active UFC heavyweight division, coming in against a guy that knocked out the former tallest guy in the heavyweight division in Stefan Struve. So he has trained to hit guys that are much taller than you know he's used to hitting. That being said, I mean, the Cyril Gan fight really should have laid the blueprint for Volkov to beat Ty. But just like what Blackado said, it's hard to bet against Ty because Ty has that never say die attitude and he has heavy hands. He always has what I call the nuclear option, right? Like no matter how good his opponent is or how much he's supposed to lose the fight, there's always the nuclear option. He could be losing. He could be down 500 fucking strikes, 24 minutes and 48 seconds into a 25 minute fight. And then boom, just a massive overhand and, and it's all over folks. Um, but again, my brain is telling me that that the latter wins, right? The taller man. Hearts telling me to lean tie to Ivasa here, and I can't bet against my heart. So we're gonna we're gonna go uh, hammer hammer it in on tie. Let's go to the chat right here real quick. And Turtle says Surreal showed that Ty does not like anything to the body. Ty is gonna charge in and take one of those body kicks, and he'll be thinking twice after that. I can't deny that. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, when it comes to those body kicks. I mean, Volk knows how to throw him, and he throws him nastily. He, he's, he's got really great shot selection. I think he doesn't have the same power as most of the heavyweight roster, but his shot selection is up there with the best in the top three of the heavyweight division. Um, his ability to pick and land shots, his fight IQ at heavyweight, far superior to most of the guys that he ends up going against, and as a result, he should go out there and beat Tai Tuivasa. However, home crowd, never say die. Mythical Shuivasa motherfucker. I, I got to bet Tuivasa here against Let's all go. of my better wit and all of my knowledge. Um, I mean, heavy breathing, cue the heartbeat. I, I, I got to go tie Tuivasa, folks. <laughs> Show us the backside. Show us the backside. There it is. Like that? The backside. The backside. Uh, for those of you that are new, we call that the money shot. <laughs> Cha-ching. Um, speaking of money shots, 
Once we lose our money on the co-main event, we're going to make it all back in the main event, folks, because this one's a shoe win. We got Israel Adesanya, the last stylebender, coming in against Sean Strickland in some absolutely Mortal Kombat-style shit. Hit the gong. You already know it's time, folks. It's time for the main event. It's time for the last stylebender. Um, and obviously, time for, Jive, time for Jive Turkey Nano to bust out some karate moves on the side here. Um... No, no, this is going to be a fucking solid fight. I'm super excited about this main event. I don't think it's going to be the most skillful main event we've ever seen, but fuck, it's going to be drama. It's going to be spectacle. And I mean, could you imagine what happens if Sean Strickland actually comes out here and gets the win? What is that? What does that even oh look like? Oh my gosh. Is he going to get his Bisping moment? I don't know, man. Like you said, this has been already one of the, my favorite buildups. Already feels like it's going to be an entertaining fight regardless of the outcome and i mean obviously i feel like we all know is he's gonna find a way to win but that's what adds to the the narrative here right i mean man i will say i mean <laughs> sean strickland i mean for what it's worth i mean again i love the authenticity and as off the wall he is i mean the guy's funny man and he is actually really smart i was listening to the full send podcast earlier he, was, he knows his, he knows his politics he knows he knows his stuff man he was talking, but you know, but and then yeah, everything about him, he's just, he's just real, man. I mean, and, and he's real messed up in the head a little bit. <laughs> fair, fair. When he, when he brings politics into the uh, MMA podcast, uh, we'll draw the line there, but no, man, I mean, he's, he's just a funny guy. I, I will say, you know, it's, it's been a while since we've seen Izzy like with his back against the wall or, or even really be, uh, posed with a threat that maybe he was going to showcase his best version. Obviously, Alex. I mean that that fight. The, those two fights were were epic, and and I'm excluding that because now that Alex is the he, you know heavy light heavyweight champion and he's kind of doing his own thing. He's an he's an MMA anomaly. I think we all know that Alex Bahada. That is. Um, I, I do want to say that a part of me just thinks that Sean's going to bring out this like different dog in Izzy. I think he is. He mentioned in the lead up that he does not think that Kelvin Gastel that Sean can give him that kind of Kelvin Gastelum challenge. He thinks because Kelvin's Mexican and that he has a chin, he doesn't think Sean has that chin. I actually disagree, dude. I, I mean, the only time we've really seen Sean hurt was when Alex put his lights out. But let's be honest. I mean, if anybody took that shot from Alex, they probably don't wake up, <laughs> you know, I mean, Sean, yeah, that, that, that's what happens, you know, and he learned his lesson. He's been sparring with them and he's right back in there. I mean, the guy poses so many threats. I, I want to hear your breakdown because I have my little two cents around it, but I, I think this can be a freaking grudge match, man, until Izzy finally puts him away, you know, death by a thousand cuts. But I want to hear your breakdown before I, I give my, my spiel here, but I'm excited as all hell. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate you letting me take the lead here a little bit, but here's the thing. Um, Sean Strickland is a tailor-made matchup. Like if, if you if you took Israel Adesanya, like if you said, Olin, you're a world-renowned scientist, you have a lab where you're creating these fucking fighters exactly the way I want them, I need you to make a comic book-like character that maybe isn't the most likable amongst the fans, but has picture-perfect-esque sniper-like accuracy in his shots and fights like an anime character. I spit out Israel Adesanya. And then five years later, you say, hey, 
I need a guy that is the most outspoken, can get people to cheer for him that have no business cheering for him, but is the worst stylistic matchup for the first guy I had you make me in the lab, I would make Sean Strickland. Um, because the guy, he, he could talk up a storm. He, he's uh, very, very unlikable, but in the most likable way. And um, somehow he'll offend you and everything you stand for. And then by the end of the conversation, you'll be cheering for him. That being said, so uh, we, can, we can all sit here and talk about who he is as a person outside of the octagon until we're blue in the face, but that doesn't do us any good when it comes to making these fight picks, Nano. And that's why the people are here. So let's give it to him. Um, again, tailor-made. It's a tailor-made matchup. If you ask me what would be the worst style to go against Adesanya, I would tell you somebody that's willing to eat damage and has a rudimentary meat and potatoes style of striking and will continue to march forward through the fire and hopes that they get to scorch you in return. Um, that's Sean Strickland. He's he's gonna say, "Come on, Izzy! Come on, come on, dog fucker!" or whatever the fuck he's gonna call him, whatever insult he's gonna latch onto for the night. And uh, you know, I mean, we all heard it. Like we all know, guys. We we all know what's coming. But uh, like, here's the thing: he's he's just gonna talk shit till he's blue in the face as he's getting hit. Um, he's gonna keep getting shots to the face, and he's gonna think if I keep moving forward, he's gonna get tired. I keep moving forward, he's gonna get tired, and I'm gonna land big shots. And that's just not ever going to happen. It's 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 going to be the uh, you know when you don't realize you you turned on a gay porn and you're sitting there and you're waiting and the the girls never come. You know what I mean? Like it's you're, you're hoping for something that's just it, it doesn't happen in this story. Uh, why, are they, so, why are they wrestling? Why are they wrestling like that? This is these that, guys wrestling. It's been move. thirty minutes and this is a forty five minute tape. When do the girls come? Um, <laughs> Where's the stepmom like, at? <laughs> You grabbed the wrong tape, kid. Uh, so, so again, oh, no. like, I just I feel like this is a tailor-made matchup for Izzy to win. Uh, that being said, crazier things have happened in the UFC, guys. We and we've seen a lot of that recently, man. I mean, we've seen GSP lose. That's way back when. We've seen Bisbing beat Rockhold. We've seen Leon beat Usman. I mean, we've seen we've seen Izzy oh, lose some fights. This is an even better way to put it. Thank you, Black Hot. Yes, Izzy versus bull type fighters. Izzy has a winning record. I mean, like if this if, if this fight goes as easily for him as I think it should go, he might have to change his nickname. Which I love the last style bender, but I mean, come on, you got to start calling this guy the fucking matador. Am I right, <laughs> dude? I mean, he's the he's the goat. You could argue he's the uh, what I wrote it down here. I don't know how to say it phonetically, but the Bafapita, best fighter on the planet. <laughs> Bafapita. <laughs> Bafapita. It'll stop. I'm trying it out. You know, goat is already too mainstream, we're but Bafapita. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to see. We're going to see if it lands. Bafapita, best fighter on the planet. I mean, the guy's a G, you know, and he is really starting to separate himself. Like, I mean, really separate himself from anybody, everybody. And, and I do want to add, I, I recommend everyone listen to Lauren Sanko's breakdown of this matchup and her description of the fight. First off, super excited to see her in the booth with Anik and our boy DC. It's going to be legendary. Shout out Laura Sanko. This is something that I think all MMA fans have been waiting on for a very long time, and it is much overdue. A little, little moment for Laura Sanko here, folks. That's how I would be if I saw her, man. Big fan. Love her work. No nepotism here. She's earned it. You know, she's put the time in. She is smart. She does her homework. Like DC said, she's 
studying months out in advance for this. Um, yeah, Tico Tech. I mean, she's arguably one of the best commentators, like color commentators wise. I mean, she's she's awesome. Um, but the way she described this fight was a really, really elegant way uh, to compare Izzy being the jazz artist in this uh, fight we call, you know, or this dance we call fighting. And uh, Sean Strickland is the thrash metal guy, right? Just in your face, um, <laughs> unrelenting. You may not like it, may not be everyone's cup of tea, but it is in your face. It is unapologetic and it's nonstop. Where, you know, again, Izzy, pretty jazz. You got the sack, it's sexy, flows well. You can jam to it. You might not even realize, but you're bobbing your head. Again, man, it, I felt like that's such a great comparison. And that's the best way to break it down, um, both stylistically and like figuratively. You know, I mean, although Izzy can pose every single kind of threat and, and can. Um, I mean, really take the fight anywhere he wants and and be fine. The reality is here, like in terms of trying to replicate someone like Sean or just having someone that's going to keep walking forward, this like Terminator style. Again, that's what that's what Kelvin Gastelum did. I mean, Kel, I mean, I, I, I honestly think because Izzy's not the big power puncher of Alex Bejeda, I, I do think it's going to go four or five rounds. Izzy can eventually put him away, but I think Sean's gonna gonna fucking hang in there, man. It may get lopsided at times. He may start talking crap, may starting to try to get Izzy off his game. But I do think, I think this will be a fun one, man. I think it's to be like, like I said, a little bit more back and forth than people think. And I just don't know, like, how do you really replicate Sean in the in the octagon, like in training, right? Like, who? I, I mean, I, we know he has a lot of dogs in that camp, but who spars like Sean? Nobody, nobody. I mean, it's not normal. <laughs> I mean, like nobody, nobody spars like Sean, and I'm sure it's hard to replicate him. But at the same time, like to to take what Sanko said and brilliant analogy. You know, I'm a very big analogy guy, which is why I, I had to come up with my very own analogy. Um, of course, I heard her analogy, and I thought that it was absolutely brilliant. I thought it was one of the best analogies I've, I've heard to describe this fight. Another one that I heard that I thought was kind of interesting was a break dancer versus a ballet dancer. Um, I thought that was a very nice one. Now, the one that comes to mind for me is obviously we're talking about fighters here. What are they going to do? They're going to go and they're going to fight. So the best analogy that I can think of to, to kind of convey this with, I mean, I could, I could go dance styles. I'm a big fan of dancing with the stars. You know, we do family nights dancing with the stars every season. Shout out, shout out the OD show family. Um, but I would be remiss if I didn't take my time and truly think about this for a second and think what would be the best, you know, figurative analogy that ties to fighting. That would really, really talk about what's going to happen on Saturday night between these two. And I think we can equate it to a good old fashioned sword fight, folks. The only difference is you got an old school Scottish. I am William Wallace with a fucking broadsword Claymore, right? He's got the a, the much deadlier weapon. If he hits you once, it's pretty fucking deadly. Uh, and he's going against a, a classically trained fucking samurai using a fencer sword. Uh, so, I mean, like. You have a guy that has a much smaller short, uh, sword. It, it, it's shorter in length. It's It seems like it'd be less durable. It's not going to hold up if you try and bluntly block. But because it's so light, he's able to finessefully move out of the way of the incoming attacks. He's able to evade these Scottish longsword attacks that are coming at him. Even though the longsword's much bigger, it's much deadlier. The difference is, when you see that big sword coming towards you, Exactly what I just said, my friend. You see that big sword coming towards you. Whereas while you're lugging that huge sword and throwing these overhand shots, you don't realize you've already been poked three times by the time you've failed to manage to hit anything. Um, and, and I think that's going to be the case that we see with Adesanya. 
And, and again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Would you rather get shot by a bullet from an actual gun? Or would you rather get stabbed by a thousand bees? But I, would, I will take the bullet every fucking day of the week. Yeah. Because a bullet I shot, I might survive. Thousand bees? That venom's gonna eventually catch up to me, bro. Even if it doesn't happen the first hundred times, I'm fucked by the time I eat a thousand of them. And that is the difference between a Sean Strickland and an Israel Adesanya. Adesanya is a thousand bees sing, son. And Strickland, he's just a bullet wound. And I know saying that seems like, oh, macho and like trying to be all barbaric. He's just a bullet wound. But let me tell you, dude, like a bullet wound is going to hurt a lot worse than a thousand bee stings. The, the bullet wound is it's one time. It's quick. You feel it. And then it's like, oh, well, that's the worst it can be. But Adesanya, like that bee sting, you know, you feel it in your arm. And like, oh, that, that sucked. Oh, it's way worse on this part of my arm. Oh, it's, did he just sting the same spot? Why is he doing that? Like that's out of Sanya. That's what it feels like to fight out of Sanya. I would imagine. That's facts. Yeah, I mean, a hundred stings. Yeah, that same spot. The arm's done. Now it's like, now it's like basically ripping off at this point. Yeah, I mean, it is, yeah, it's you're not par- fun. like one of your limbs is paralyzed, and then it's like, okay, cool. I guess I'm fucked. I guess I'll start on the rest of my body now. And that's that's fighting out of Sanya. Like, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, I've compromised one leg. I could probably finish him if I keep going to that leg, but I'm going to start targeting the other one now. All motor skills just slowly start to dissipate. You're, yeah, you're dragging ass. Next thing you know, your legs are gone. Next thing you know, you're cut. You're bleeding everywhere. One eye shut. <laughs> and then Tico Tech is just adding insult to injury. Except Sean uh, really doesn't even hit hard. His broadsword is made of foam. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That is a pretty fucking amazing one right there. I mean, come on. <laughs> Give it up for Tico Tech LLC in the chat, folks. Bring in the jokes. Um, so without further ado, we, we don't have much left going on tonight, guys. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us as long as you have. Uh, so we'll go ahead and go through the picks of the night for our bets. I'll go ahead and let Nano take the lead on this one. Nano. Here we go. Let's see what you got. And we're back, baby. Got my five pick parlay. For this big UFC pay-per-view in Sydney. I'm excited, man. We're starting off the card here. We're getting a little... This card's going to have a bunch of malaki on it, okay? We're, we're starting off with a little malaki. I like Jamie here in this matchup. He's younger by 11 years. 64% of the time, if you're younger by 7 years, you're going to win the fight. So I am just taking the odds there. But if I'm being honest, stylistically, he's 6 feet tall. He's going to have more than 6 inches of reach on this guy. Uh, and I just think in his backyard... Milwaukee's going to pull out all the stops. He knows he needs a win, and he's going to do it in decisive fashion. So I am going to take him here. The odds are obviously big, but that's why you got to put them all together here, right? Put that unit together, scrabble up a few pennies, and you're going to get that dollar. Next up here, we got Carlos Ulberg. Like we talked about earlier, I mean, we're talking about Jason Momoa 2.0, okay? We're talking about Aquaman. How are you going to bet against Aquaman? Come on. The guy's a stud. He's extremely talented. He's in his backyard. He trains with Israel Adesanya. And I think he does have all the tools here in this light heavyweight division. Start making some splashes, man. Now's the time to do it. Doesn't have a lot of fights, but he's talented as all hell. And he ain't getting any younger. And I think he's going to put the whooping on Daun Jung and uh, take it and run with it, man. I'm excited to see what's next for Carlos. But I'm thinking first round finish there. Next up, our boy, Justin, the man, Taufa. 
not much else we need to say here. I think this is probably the safest pick out of everyone I have. I just feel like Justin is just all around the better fighter. Austin Lane just really won't have much for Justin here. I think, like we talked about earlier, he looks lean, mean, and he's a fighting machine. So give me Justin, probably by KO, first round. But I'll take a money line because it's good odds. Next, Manel Cap. This guy, man, I mean, something about him. I, I don't know what it is. Obviously, a little over the top with some of the the theatrics and the shit talking and all that. Maybe he's got caught up in the moment. I get it. Uh, but the reality is here, man, I mean, the odds speak for themselves. He's the heaviest favorite, and, and I think that is going to be for a reason. Uh, he's extremely skilled. He's been in there with the top of this division. He's battled off against the cream of the crop. He's lost, but he was able to take them to a decision. Those are the likes of Alexander Pantoja, for example. Um, so I do think that he's going to display his skills. I do think Felipe Dos Santos, although you know, 22 years young, not a familiar name, he's going to make himself a household name after this. I think it will be a great performance. It'll be a tough performance, but Manel Cop will get the job done. And then last but most certainly not least, Israel Adesanya. Izzy, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your painted nails just hypnotize me. And I'm a big fan, man. I just feel like he's, again, one of the goats. He's the Bafapada. <laughs> Thanks, man. He's the Bafapada. He's the best fighter on the planet right now. And uh, I just think that the most likely way he's going to win is probably by a TKO finish in like the fourth round. Doodle. And there you have it. F- uh, five pick parlay. One unit will get you 6.9. There's a reason why I did that, by the way. 6.9, my favorite number. Come on. Let's go. Do you know what you call 6.9? A great time. Oh, I was going to say my time. Period. <laughs> oh, a little period don't sound nobody. Come on now. You know this, man. <laughs> you know this. Oh, you nasty. <laughs> I joke, I joke, I kid, I kid. <laughs> tough crowd, tough crowd. <laughs> <laughs> all right well there it is there's nano's picks jumping into my picks you already know you already know we had to go a little bit big here um uh, you know uh here we go so we have uh we're going to start here with israel adesanya money line all right we got the favorites here going into i mean come on i'm not even going to explain myself we already talked about this we got a fencer versus a broadsword fencer is going to win he's quicker he's smarter he's better every way you shape this he's the better fighter for the night and then we got the man the myth the legend justin toffa coming in against austin lane i think this one's definitely going to be under 1.5 both these guys are notorious finishers whether they're finishing or being finished the fight typically does not last the whole night with these guys, and I don't think this one's going to be any different. Under 1.5, too juicy not to take with the minus 230. In the next one, we got Manel Cop coming in against Felipe Dos Santos. Under 2.5 at just minus 200 on that one. Hard to beat those odds, folks. I mean, come on. It's a favorite. It's my favorite. It's going to happen. You know we had to bet on it. Flyweight unders. Here we go. Um, moving into the next one, we got Jack Jenkins versus Jose Mariscal. Plus 165 to end in the under 2.5. But every now and then, you know we got to take some of that Vegas money and, uh, you know, take them up on that offer for the wrong odds. They did plus 165. I think they missed the boat on that, and therefore we're going to take the bet on that. And then to top it all off, you know we had to throw a little Premier Football in there, a little Premier League. 
Uh, so we got Nottingham Forest coming in, getting it done in the rematch against Burnley on the following uh, on the following week here. All right, September eighteenth, plus one hundred. We lost to Burnley last time, but you know what? We're gonna get it done this time. Burnley going down. Um, burn the flags, burn the ships. We're taking it back home to Nottingham Forest. And moving into the next one, you know we had to get another little parlay in here, a little bit more names, a little bit more action. We got Charlie Ratke coming in against Blood Diamond. I don't understand the hype behind Blood Diamond. And after this one, it's going to be time for him to say goodbye to the UFC. You had your shots and you are done. So I think that this one is going to be his uh, his his final time here, guys. I just I truly believe that this is going to be a hard one for him. Um, again, he hasn't looked super impressive, and I just think that Ratsky's going to have his number. Nasrat Hopkwas moving into the next one. He did look the worst on the scales that I think I've ever personally noticed, but I could be wrong here. Either way, I think if he looked even worse than he did on the scales this morning, he'd probably still get the win here coming in against Landon Quinones. As I said, it's not going to be an easy walk in the park, but it still should just be a walk in the park for him. Uh, so we had to put our boy on there, Nasrat Hopcross. Moving into the next one, we got the leg collector himself, Jack Jenkins, to get it done. Son, Jack Jenkins coming in against Jose Mariscal. I think he gets it done, and I think he gets it done in emphatic fashion. Definitely think he gets it done in less than 2.5 rounds, which is why it shaped up the end of our last parlay and uh moving into the next one we got carlos olberg we are hitting the halfway mark of this big boy parlay carlos olberg money line coming in against the wound jung you already know he's taking him down under and he's gonna get him finished the man wears a necklace around his neck at the weigh-ins of teeth now i don't know if that's a common thing from where he's from or if those teeth are ones that he handpicked from the head of his fallen enemies. But either way, I'm fucking terrified. And that's why I think he gets the win, folks. Moving into the next one. Speaking of bad men, we got the bad man himself, Justin Taffa, the bad man, coming in against the ex-NFL man, Austin Lane. But I think Justin Taffa is going to step into that octagon. He's going to look across from him and say, hey, man, I know it's opening week for the NFL, but you should have stayed in your lane, Justin Lane. And he's going to send him back there with a couple of leg kicks from hell. I think he possibly gets a leg kick TKO. Don't know why I'm feeling that way, but I've got a feeling, folks. And, uh, you know, we got to go with those. Didn't want to put all the money on that. So instead, we just went with the safety of the money line. So minus 218 money line, Justin Taffa moving forward. The under 2.5 on Manel Cop versus Felipe Dos Santos. Oh my goodness, why does this look so familiar? It's so nice. We had to hammer it twice. As you can see, these bets were placed about a day apart. So, I mean, the odds shifted more in my favor here a little bit uh, for a reason. People know it's going to come true. People know it's going to happen. The under 2.5, Manel Cop versus Felipe Dos Santos. And to round it all out, you know we had to hit it again, guys. Minus 650 on Israel Adesanya. That just seems like uh, fucking taking candy from a baby. That guy doesn't lose very often to anybody not named Alex Perheda. And uh, I don't think this is going to be any different. I think he's going to round us all out. I think he's going to bring us home. And that is why. These are my picks, folks. I think I get it done this week. Uh, I got it done last week. We're playing with house money here. And um, maybe we both go to the bank, guys. Maybe we both take it home here. I think there's going to be a lot of units won this week. We're going to be collecting, baby. It's a big pay-per-view. Something about being on the other side of the pond, man. I think it's our time. It's our time. It's our time. It is our time, baby. Absolutely. I'm excited, Um, brother. That was a great one. You got some good picks, man. 
I think there's a lot of good ones. I mean, you can, and hey, if y'all are even listening to this and considering it and you don't like our parlay styles, we just like to have fun with it, try to go big or go home. Take it apart, spread it apart, you know, spread the love, maybe do those single uni bets, you know, spread the wealth a little bit by all means. But um, I'm excited, man. I think we had a lot of good picks. Spread the wealth, baby. Spread some love. Um, Yeah, this is exciting as all hell. I think think there's going to be a lot of finishes. I I always like to try to um, keep track of, you know, the most finishes on a card. I think it's like seven or eight, right? So we'll be tracking it. I don't know if we can guarantee that, but... It's going to be close. It's going to be fun. Y'all got to tune in. I think it's going to be a good one. Yes, dude. I'm freaking hype, man. Don't mess around. We're either going to be here with the the cash and check sound, or we're going to be here just yelling up a storm like, mother... You know? Son of a... I can't... In the... Son of a... Any... In the... Let's go. Because this is a family show. We can't be, you know, we, we got to. This is, uh, I mean, this, this is a f- family show here. I mean, come on. Uh, we, we can't just be cussing every guy. <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry, that oh. was a label. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Working out the kinks. Working out the kinks. <laughs> It's been real. It's been fun. It's also been real fucking fun. Uh, and that being said. We're going to be uh, watching the fights old-fashioned at a Buffalo Wild Wings this Saturday in the Bay Area. Nice. Um, might be at a Buffalo Wild Wings near you guys. We're going to be linking up with Mystic Drew, uh, a few other folks here from our, our MMA group chat. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm just rubbing it in Nano's face at this point to increase the FOMO. Absolutely, brother. I'll be there in spirit. We'll be doing the shoeies together. We'll do some FaceTime calls or something, get one in for sure. But uh, I'm glad the boys are reuniting, man. It's going to be a good one. Let's go. You already know, baby. It's going to be super good. It's going to be super exciting. Uh, we're going to be watching some dogs. We're going to be drinking like some dogs. We're going to be betting oh, like some dogs. Um, dogs Gaston. all around, guys. That being said, as always, we appreciate you coming by. If you haven't already, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications. Um, like, comment, rate if you're watching it on the podcast networks. And as usual, we will see you next week. We'll figure out a day and a time, but, uh, you know, probably most likely we'll see like, uh, I don't know, like a Monday evening and maybe a Thursday evening. We'll see. We'll keep you posted. Make sure you turn on notifications. That way you get the pop up as soon as we set the pop up. And uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Keep the passion for mixed martial arts alive and enjoy these fights on Saturday. Peace.